at Bombas, we make socks, underwear, and T-shirts that feel good and do good. They feel good because they're designed with the softest materials and comfort innovations. They do good because for every item you purchase, we donate another item to someone who needs it. So far, we at Bombas have donated over 100 million items, and your purchases add to that impact. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash ACAST and use code ACAST at checkout. We all have tasks we'd like to avoid, like mailing and shipping. It takes time lugging all those letters and packages to the post office. That's why you should try Stamps.com. For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. You get all the services of the post office right on your computer, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, you save money with discounts up to 84% on USPS and UPS. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. Print stamps, print shipping labels, and if you sell products online, Stamps.com connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, so you can spend less time on shipping and more time on your business. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. Just go to Stamps.com and enter code PROGRAM. Smith Rowe doesn't deserve the 10 shirt. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's the to attempt number 400 of recording the different knock podcast with alexander moneypenny and my very good friend drably brothers hello hello friend <laughs> uh brad and i recorded a whole episode this morning this is this has happened far too many times in this, this podcast really has <laughs> We oh, we recorded a whole podcast this morning, which was very good. I enjoyed it, Brad. Yeah, good it was chat. fantastic, mate. I'm, um, if we don't say so ourselves, um, then that didn't work. Then we just recorded another half hour, twenty minute one. Yeah, that didn't work. So uh, no. here we are. I swapped computers. Here's attempt number three. We're taking this journey together. I'm going to tweet the here we go. We're, we're, we're. <laughs> Welcome back to the Different Old Podcast. We are here, we are live, we are thriving. Uh, we've been a little bit all over the place recently just because of various things. Brad's been working non-stop. Yeah. Why, Brad? Do you want me to tell them? Because you, Yeah, if you to? could. Because yeah. It'd be better for me. If uh, because Brad can't say it. Uh, he's got some dickhead flatmates who he doesn't want to... Uh, doesn't want, are they going to listen to this? Nah, of course they aren't. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, who he doesn't want to uh, live with anymore. So he's working... Every hour God sends. Uh, so we've uh, been uh, struggling to find recording times, but here we are. It was also my birthday last week. Had a wedding. It's just been one of those weeks, guys. So here we are. We're yeah. back. We are back We're with back. a different knock podcast. How are you, Brad? Otherwise, I, I'm I'm pretty good, my friend. I'm pretty good. I'm uh, living the life. How about you? What a what a vague, vague, vague phrase. <laughs> that was you, there's a tiktok going around of it's like when two straight guys ask each other how they are and it's like how you doing yeah good man yeah good you yeah yeah you're really good yeah what are you doing just working man yeah yeah you know how it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't been happy since seven years old <laughs> it's just like it's so true um so since we were last recording uh emile smith rowe has signed a brand new deal with arsenal been handed the number 10 shirt um so apologies for this again you're gonna have to hear me go through it but that's fine here we go can we get a quick via version of it this time or oh ouch uh <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh the so i mean basically it was just a concern i like i so i i want to be clear i really think it's a good deal i think it's a good thing to do i think getting smith Rowe tied down to a five-year deal is smart um but to steal your point from later which is a very good point 
basically number 10 is is a really significant number obviously and it's a very significant number in Arsenal's history but it also indicates squad kind of you know the role he's going to have in the squad as a first team player right and my concern uh we had uh Liam from Albion Albion Analytics on to talk about Ben White the other day in a new signing analysis it was really really good uh, go check that out if you haven't we're talking about roles and formations and I think Smith Rowe is a kind of perfect example of someone who maybe doesn't fit into a role uh, sorry, it doesn't maybe fit into a sort of formation specifically, or he's a number 10, he's an eight. He just has a number of things that he's good at. What I see those things that he's good at are, are um, receiving between the lines, drifting out wide, creating overloads. I think he's good on the half turn. Um, I think he's a really intelligent player. I think he's good at making those kind of second man, third man runs. I think the sort of West Brom game. Um, I think he is a really is a good ball progressor he he has a lot of sort of skills but i don't know whether they all come into a specific sort of mold of someone of like a, oh that's someone who could fit into a number 8 that's someone who could fit in as a a right back or, or whatever the role you're trying to fit into the fit the player mm. into right I don't know whether they all come together as a kind of cohesive role on a football pitch which may not be a problem but my concern is to kind of, I don't think there's ever been an elite, elite, elite player, someone who you know, should be of the calibre of a number 10 of Arsenal, a Dennis Bergkamp, a Meza Ozil, someone who does that, who hasn't really defined a role. And my only real concern with Smith Rowe is that I don't know what he's best at. I don't know where his best position is. Perhaps that's not not, not a question we should be asking. We should be asking, you know, what, what, what is he good at setting him up for different things in, in different systems? But my concern is handing him a five-year contract, giving him the number 10 shirt when we've got such a small data sample. And for me, I don't know what Smithrow's best position is. I don't know uh, where he's going to end up. I don't know if he's going to be on the left or the right, in the middle or number eight, whatever. And my concern is if you don't become elite at one of those things fairly soon, uh, it's it's the keys to the car to someone who I don't think... Um, who I don't think maybe maybe will ever be a sort of a, yeah say like a top three or top five in in their position number ten in the world yeah. which is and a concern maybe, for me. It's a concern, but maybe we don't need that. You know, I don't yeah. think you, you, I don't think we, we you don't Liverpool for example are a team that have showed that you don't need a top three in the world player in every position. And kind of back to your conversation about we don't really know positionally what he is kind of yet or at the moment. We just see a bunch of skills. I don't think that's a surprise from a guy who's played six months of football. He's got a lot of tools at the moment. And what he needs to figure out is which tools he's excellent at. He needs to put them in his arsenal and then he needs... <laughs> and then he it. needs to... <laughs> fuck off. Um, create a position for himself, whether that's a 10, whether that's off the left floating into the middle, whether that's an eight bombing down the left channel, whatever the position may be, that will come. We will start to know positionally where Emil Smith-Rowe fits more over the next year. If you think about 12 months ago, same conversations about Saka were being had because he'd played six months of football. We'd given them the number seven shirt. We're like, oh, this is a bit soon. We don't really know where he plays. He's played at left wing, left back. We're not really sure. I think that's not the problem. The problem will be that, for example, it is significant in the sense of your squad role. And he's a very young player who's played six months of football and it's a bit soon to be giving him such a significant role. Uh, you've got to think about football squads as, as almost like a pyramid and a hierarchy. You have your squad players and your kind of new youth players at the bottom. You've got your kind of floating around the first team, but not quite nailed on starters. You've got your nailed starters and you've got your like captain or like the icons of your team, right? And Smith Rowe has gone from being the bottom of the food chain to one step away from the top in six months. He's gone from a player who hadn't played for Arsenal, really. I don't, I think he played a couple of minutes here and there, but had never done anything impactful. He'd gone on alone to Huddersfield and he'd stayed this season. And then he's gone straight to that second, that just one down from the top ladder. That's a big jump very quickly. And I I worry about the pressure that that involves. And I worry whether that's the 
smart decision and whether we shouldn't have kind of gone out and either gotten whoever you whatever clickbait sun article you want to throw in there whether it's alwar madison erdegaard whoever i still think we need one Mm. and i think it's interesting as well that we've now lost the bargaining tool of the number 10 shirt yeah i think the bargaining tool point is is really good and and stands on its own the yeah i I just i want to be clear i love smithrow i think he's great and probably if this is the first time recording it i would have caveated a bit more i just wanted to get straight to it I just have a concern, basically. That's all it is. Yeah. I I think he's a I think he's a really special player. I think he's someone who, you know, shows a certain level of fearlessness. I think he's got a real a great attitude. I watched a video with um Tim Z. It's one of those like chunks who just people I just, you just they're just from somewhere. <laughs> is it Tim Z? Is that his name? I've no idea what he does. I just know who he is. Um I, I uh, yeah, it didn't he did an interview with that guy and he speaks really well. He, you know, he talks about wanting to be a legend. All of the um, indicators are there. It's just such a small data sample. I would have given him a new deal. He needed a new deal, but I think it's an indicator of how important we see Smith Rowe being. And to me, that's not exactly where I would have put him. Mm-hmm. So it's just slightly concerned me. I think something um, to to bring up is um I, I mentioned this a few times now i've i've been in therapy for the last six months and it's been absolutely incredible and i would recommend it to everyone but one of the things i've learned or has sort of been part of my journey and is part of what i'm trying to sort of grapple with at the moment i promise i'm going somewhere is that the the human condition is basically when you're uncomfortable with something you don't want to be present with it you don't want to sit with it because it's not a nice feeling and you tend to project, you tend to go, oh, okay, well, something will be better in the future. You'll be working towards something. You'll be distracting yourself while while working on a project or working on a, getting a better job or whatever it is, right? And I think that happens with fans, with youth players. It's a bit of a weird comparison, but go with me. The, the idea that uh, right now we are uncomfortable. We are uncomfortable where we are. We're uncomfortable in eighth. We, we, when it's not a position we want to be in. It's not a position we expect ourselves to be in. Perhaps there's a re- redef- redefinition of what we should expect and all that sort of stuff, but but whatever. And right now, all we can do really is project. All we can do really right now is sit here and go, well, there's got to be hope somewhere. And it has to come and has come from our youth. I'm not shitting on our youth at all. And if anything, I hope this point raises them up even further because I think that the likes of Saka and Smithrow and, you know, uh, Balogun and, and, and Tierney and Marcelli all signing new deals and that sort of stuff, that's amazing. That's a really strong core for the future and I'm really excited about it. But we have to remember that football just doesn't work like that. Some of those players won't be here in a year's time, two years' time. Some of those players won't sign a new deal. Some of them might be sold. Some of them just might not live up to, to what we expect them to be. And we have to accept that. And we spend a lot of time sort of, I think, in the future going, well, well, Smith Rowe is going to be great. And, you know, you know, he, he's got it sorted and he'll, he'll have a sort of linear progress. And actually, I think that does happen a lot, lot, lot less than we think. You know, if we, especially if we look at as Arsenal fans, think about Wilshire, think about, mm. um, you know, the, the careers of, you know, Walcott, for example. I remember reading about Walcott in Match Magazine when he was 16. Uh, shout out Match Magazine, if you remember that. And just being like, he's just, he's just going to be the best player in the world. And yeah, you man. simply don't know. And I suppose not to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm just going, it's a huge amount of resp- responsibility on someone who I'm not clear where he's best. And I'm also not clear exactly what his ceiling is yet. Um, and it's no one yeah. is. No one is. No, 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 no one knows true. what any player's ceiling is. And I think that's the difficulty. And I think that's the hope, like you say, that we cling on to as football fans. We see a young, exciting player who, you know, after his inclusion and the signing of obviously um Erdegaard we went from being what 14th in the league form wise to like second in the league at the at the back end of the season form wise so he is massively responsible for our rejuvenation but Michu scored a ridiculous amount of goals in his like first season at Swansea or whatever Deli Ali got 18 goals and seven assists in a Premier League season and now can't buy a minute at Tottenham you know, players will have different careers and some of them will explode and then fade and some of them will just have steady careers and whatever happens, happens. But I think the 
to kind of end this conversation, the big thing... Because <laughs> we've had it five is, times. <laughs> yeah. The big thing is, I think the takeaway is, it's a little too soon, but I, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree. And like I do sit on the side of... If we... If we listen, if, if he was saying, I want the 10 shirt there's a massive argument and a, and a perspective that I understand of like, well, actually aren't these the players that we want? Aren't these the players we want to be investing our time in players who are willing to stand up and take that responsibility? Yeah. Players who are willing to come in and go, do you know what? Actually against Chelsea boxing day, Arsenal are in one of the worst runs in living memory. And I'm going to come in and, you know, he, he talks about it in the video. He says like, Oh, you know, I just called into the office. I went on and did my best. And he, and he did amazingly. And as you said, you know, our fortunes did turn around. We, we, it was part of a rejuvenation. But yeah, it's just, it's just, I suppose, again, maybe I'm also projecting into the future because I don't know either. But the, the, when you're uncomfortable with your present, I think we, we spend a lot of time as fans going like, well, things will get better and this player will do this and, and that'll be fine. I just, I, I would love us all to sort of take the pressure off Smith Rowe, take that sort of project youth with a slight pinch of salt because these are, these are young professionals. These are young people with a lot of pressure on them. And I think, you know, any good squad, you know, you, you talk to any experienced manager needs a blend of youth and experience needs a blend of young, hungry players uh, and a blend of, of experienced internationals and people who've been there and done that. And I just, I hope we're getting that blend right. I think Smith Rowe is part of the solution, not part of the problem at all. Um, but yeah, just a yeah, just a, just a concern, and uh, maybe a different perspective from from um, from everyone else. Which is the point, really? It's just to get the most hot takes possible. Don't just to get the clicks. Yeah, just get the clicks. What should I title this podcast? Smith Rowe I... doesn't deserve the ten shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can put that little snippet in at the beginning to get people angry, so they listen for that point. Oh yeah, I, might, I actually might yeah. do that now. <laughs> Just for the banter. With the broken uh, with the broken cannon on the front. Yeah. Oh. Alas, son. Dickheads. Um, also, since we last recorded Bradley, we uh, announced the signing of Albert Sambi Laconga from... Did we? Yeah. Is that... We, we haven't recorded in ages, mate. Um, Laconga from Anderlecht. Uh, watched him in one game against Millwall. So one uh, camera him, angle from one from one. For, oh, I got the refund by the way. This morning I was moaning about um not getting a refund for the Florida Cup because I paid like twenty seven quid for the preseason, pre-season. and they, they're giving it to me. Um, yeah. So we, he's played one game for about forty five minutes. So uh, here's my detailed analysis of uh, every single movie made. Obviously, he's good. <laughs> he's good. You can't take too much from it. But, but, I said this actually earlier on as well, bingo card. The, I think sometimes people say, well, you can't take anything from pre-seasons and, you know, you know, um, you know, there's no, there's no point reading into anything. And, you know, for example, like the high press against Millwall, like, you know, we can't, we can't spend time speculating on that sort of stuff. Well, I actually think as long as you take the right amount of meaning from something, I think it is all relevant. These clubs spend time planning. These clubs spend time, you know, uh, coming up with strategy on pitch and off pitch. And if you see something happening, it's probably likely to have been a decision that was made. And that is relevant in the context that it that it is relevant. I think it is relevant. So there's two things for me from, from the Lekonga thing. Uh, firstly, he looked really good against Millwall look really really good um looks really really comfortable um sort of allowing the ball to roll across his body and playing it forward uh looks to be sort of dropping into that um Xhaka sort of slightly left-sided centre-back thing um I yeah I don't I don't want to I don't want to put too much uh, onto that but I was really encouraged by his performance um really encouraged by how he combined with party how he combined with Tavares on the left-hand side do you think there is a world if Xhaka doesn't leave, where we start next season with a Lakonga party pivot. I can see it happening. I really yep. can. Even if Xhaka doesn't leave, and for example, I think if Xhaka leaves, we're going to need another central midfield option. Uh, but say, for example, Xhaka doesn't uh, leave before the start of the season and then we don't get somebody until deadline day. I can easily see Lakonga Party forming a partnership for the first few games of the season. I don't think that would really be a surprise. I think that's 
a mistake, but I can understand why in the sense of, you know, Arsenal are not backing down. We don't want to be, you know, we want the money that we're asking for, for our player. So I think fair enough from an Arsenal perspective. I think though, it, even though it look, it looks like the deal's happening, so maybe we should go out there and have a signing ready to yes. replace. But it, it all kind of depends as to who ends up replacing. You know, I think this is the thing. The final few positions we've got to fill are so interconnected that if Xhaka leaves and we might, if Xhaka could leave, we might just sign Erd- Erdegaard and then decide to play two roaming eights. Yeah. Like we did against in that West Ham game. You know, I, I'm not going to speak to Mikel's mind and say that that's what he wants to do, but it, there's a lot of kind of dependent things at the moment. So I don't think, you know, a lot of speculation is helpful, but on your point, absolutely. I could easily see that. I think that's probably going to happen because even if Xhaka leaves, uh, no, it, say for example, Xhaka leaves tomorrow, there is no deal currently being talked about that seems close enough for Arsenal to have it done straight away and have this player in ready and probably in and ready enough to soak up some tactics because you don't want to put somebody in the game in the first game of the season when they've had a week's worth of training with the squad, especially, for example, if English isn't their first language and all of these things. So I reckon Lukonga will be in their first game of the season. I think he'll play a lot more than than people think really next season. Mm. Uh, you know, he was, he was captain at what 2021 at Anderlecht with senior professionals around him and that's a uh, you know again you need to take the right amount of meaning from it but it does mean Mm. that senior professionals accepted him or to some degree were were you know what he was he was commanding a dressing room in some way he was someone who was good enough to be um to be seen in that in that light by the management team and by Vincent Company no less you know someone who's an incredible leader and captain himself the the thing with Lukonga like I think you're right about basically it feels to me like it could be a bit of a domino thing. I think it might end up being Xhaka goes. Can I just say, th- these must be the longest negotiations I've ever heard of. I mean, no, every day, not. every day I hear, yeah, Roma are just, yeah, they're going to pay. They're just, they're just oh, trying God, to... What was it? What was it? No, no, no. There was something that said like the, the CEO of Roma or the, the director of football at Roma like, has been working on this transfer every day. They just need to up their bid by like 2 million Couple euros. Million. Like, Come on, just, Roma. Like you're not working, you're not working on it every day because it's not that difficult. Yeah. What are you doing? Increasing it by like £2.50 every day, just seeing when Arsenal buy. <laughs> yeah. They pull off the mask. It's Arsene. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, anyway, I, I do think it'll be a bit of a, a sort of a domino effect in that I think it, when or if Shaka leaves, hmm. We're still waiting on the Odegaard situation. I think we're probably seeing Alwar as a bit of a backup, which, by the way, when we're talking about, you know, perceptions of players changing and how quickly things change in football, it might not even be on this podcast. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was it, it's interesting, you know, Alwar being talented mm. for 60 million and 20 million. We're not even taking that this summer. But, you know, I do think there will be... Which I think is stupid. Yeah, I think uh, The fact that we've not wrapped that deal up... Because I think even if we do sign Odegaard and Alwar could have a spot to play. Maybe. Because imagine if we... If we pay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, but the more the point being that I think... I think Xhaka leaving will trigger a lot of other things. And I while I, I see what you mean about, like, nothing seems imminent, I think we're essentially waiting for Xhaka to go. Because I, I do think Xhaka... <sighs> I don't, uh, I, I, I can't see how you justify holding on to him and not playing him, which sounds bizarre because I, I just don't think Xhaka is a bench kind of player. I think he, he trains so hard. He's clearly a very well-respected professional. And uh, someone says something the other day. Which and a I, decent player. Yeah, and he's a decent player. But some, someone says something the other day, which I really agree with, which is basically... I think we have seen Granite Xhaka's maximum capacity. I think he has tried his heart, uh, uh, you know, apart from maybe on that, you know, so Crystal Palace game where he just broke. But I think we have seen, for the most part, a Granite Xhaka who has t- genuinely been trying his best. The question is around his his ceiling. Tim Stillman made this point. It's like, actually, I think we have seen his best. So then when that's going on on the training ground, I think it's a really difficult thing not to include him 
in the team, especially mm. and you know, especially with all the young players, having someone who is a bit more experienced and has been to the Euros and been to various international competitions, captains his country. I think it's a really um I think I think Jacker would continue to play and I think we'd probably stick with that sort of double pivot and stuff. It's all kind of dependent. But main point on Lakonga, I am really excited. I, I do think he's Yeah, oh my god, a really good like, pickup. I mean I, I, we've seen about pff, what we've seen no football from him really, but I'm excited, and that's a, you know, and that's I think good thing, and it's nice to feel excited about fresh signings. Just got to hope that it's not another one of these situations where we don't get all of the signings we need, and then so much pressure is placed on Lakonga that it kind of could mess up his progression. Yeah, yeah. I also don't think it's un. Uh, un, what's the word? Unfair, maybe, to expect Lukonga to 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 play a big part next season. You know, he's a 21 year old. Uh, would would have been a Belgian international in the Euros had he been. You know, he was in the sort of 30 man or 26 man squad or whatever. He is coming. He's looking to impress. I think. Um, I think Yankee Gunner on Twitter said he'd make 20 starts, and I think that's probably a little little bit sort of overambitious, but. I don't think we'll we'll see. I, I think that there could be a point, especially post Afcon, where there's a real kind of will he won't he drop Lukonga because I think there's a I think there's a real player that I really like the look of him. He's so smooth in possession. Um, he also uh, uh, we briefly touched on this with Rohan on a, a brilliant podcast recently, where basically he sort of fulfills the same role as El Neni, dropping in um, into that sort of almost the centre of the back three will depend what happens with Ben White but I think he's a really interesting mm. option and might potentially uh, the reason I mentioned that is it might allow Party to move a bit further forward which I think we've we've not yet seen Party sort of charging through the midfield if you want to sort of coin a again another kind of sun phrase but you know he, we've not necessarily seen um, the best of Party yet and I wonder whether Lukonga could be the partner um, who suits him best brings that out of yeah, him I mean, yeah I mean who knows who knows? Um, speaking of quick judgments on players, uh, Chambers. Goal and assist against Millwall. Uh, is he the next Cafu? Uh, yes. There you uh, go. He is the Thanks so much re- for uh, Fuck Trenton and Alexander Arnold and, and all these other dons. England's best right back plays for Arsenal. In all seriousness, I do think there is a a sort of creeping feeling for me, and I'd love to get your take on this, that Chambers might be all right. Like he might be someone for a year, potentially even just until we get the guy we need, potentially until there's, I don't know, as we say, you know, things change so quickly in football, there might be a situation with another right back at another club who seems settled at the moment, who 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 could move, um, move to us. I think Chambers is a really committed professional. He's actually, and I mentioned this earlier, he's the, he's made his professional day, uh, professional or maybe Premier League or professional debut at Arsenal before everyone else. He's our longest serving actual player in terms of like, since his debut. Um, he's had a bit of an up and down career. And I think Chambers is someone who sort of exemplifies what I was talking about earlier in that progress isn't always linear. And he, and he hasn't always sort of been, you know, gets in the first team at Arsenal, stays there, gets better and better and better, goes to England, you know, goes to a better club. It, it doesn't always happen like that for every young player. I think it it's given Chambers what I perceive to be a bit of a mental toughness. I think he's a really, really good deliverer of the ball. I think he could potentially fulfil a number of the roles that Arteta asks his right back to do. Um, I think from, from my sort of my perspective, I think he asked him to tuck inside. Chambers has played at DM. Uh, sometimes asked him to drop in uh, alongside uh, the, the centre-back as a sort of RCB option. Chambers can do that. He's comfortable at centre-back. I also think he's really good actually getting beyond um, and arriving late and getting those balls in. I think he could be a really good option. Ben White may change that because they may need a sort of Bellerin option who can who can perhaps collect it a bit further up the pitch and be a little bit more tricky, maybe even a Cedric in, in, in tighter spaces. But I do think... Chambers represents a potential option and if the right option for right back isn't there in terms of an incoming it seems very bare at the moment yeah and I I don't hate it I don't hate it no no as in uh, the market for right back seems very very bare and what you don't want to happen is go out and spend 30 million pounds on Ridley Baku who's not played a 
a hell of a lot of top level professional football and then have him not be the player you need. Um, I think that if the perfect right back pops up, let's say, you know, he's obsessed with Cancelo from City, right? Let's just say he's obsessed with him and for some mad reason he becomes available. Then obviously buy him. But unless it's the perfect person, I'd be inclined to say for for one season and then readdress the market next year, just go with Chambers and with Cedric. Because while I think that's where you'll see the highest leap in quality, I think that there are other positions that are more important to be filled because we don't actually have bodies in those positions mm. yet. I, I think I said at the start and you said at the start of the season, kind of our expectations, and I said four first team players, one of which would be the Granit Xhaka replacement. And, you know, with Ben White, we're still looking at not having a lot of first team options. We've got two first team right backs. What we need is a creative midfielder. And with Lacazette and Nketiah looking like they're out of the door, what we're going to need maybe is somebody up front. Um, or possibly even, and then, you know, somebody also in the centre of the park. So we're still three players kind of away from where we need to be. And maybe right back just should be the priority next season. Maybe it's a shame that Hakimi wasn't available next season if he's the perfect option. Because if he was, then we should have just gone and slapped our entire budget on him next season. But this season, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I just think the right target currently isn't. Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana out there Mm, mm. I think also your choice of fullback does really um, indicate a system to me or or indicate um, obviously how you're going to use your fullbacks but more in modern football especially but more to the point actually probably how you're going to set up your midfield if you're going to have two uh, dominating uh, and sort of you know bombing on fullbacks you're unlikely to play a number 10. You're unlikely to play potentially, you know, someone in that sort of advanced position. You are going to have probably use the width that way, get them, you know, delivering balls in, you know, whatever it is. You think of the Liverpool system and they have those sort of three kind of workhorse midfielders who can sort of fulfil every function. Um, and I do think the selection of the fullback indicates that. Mm. I think at the moment, because I'm, it's sort of a chicken and egg situation. Do you, commit to a fullback say for example that we got Hakimi right I don't think we'd be going for a number 10 this season I really don't or or, or no. sort of maybe a specific number 10 because I don't think you can play Tierney having Tavares as his backup who is basically like even more attacking than Tierney and you have if, if you had Hakimi on the other side you have to add some balance in the in the in the midfield and at least have yeah we would have already signed Basuma we would have definitely yeah, signed Basuma to that, play it, you know, in the in the center of the park rather than be looking at a, a central attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, and again, I think maybe it's 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 like you say, you're you're what what do you commit to first? I do think we are having to commit to rebuilding the rest of the squad, and then finding the perfect right back that fits where the pieces fall. Well, I think ultimately a midfielder. We'll see more of the ball than a fullback in most systems and in most games and, and will probably fulfill potentially a more important function. The old adage and the old cliches of if you control the midfield, you control the game. I do think a midfielder probably, it's like, what's that phrase about like the dog wags the tail, the tail wags the dog, wherever it is. I can't, I'm just too, I'm too tired. Oh, what as in, does a dog wag his tail or does the tail wag on the dog? That isn't, I, I've not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't know, know what I'm chatting about. It's the sort of, maybe what I mean is like chicken and egg. And ultimately, I do think a midfield is probably more important. And then, and therefore the selection of the midfield should probably dictate the selection of your fullback. I, yeah. I don't think a fullback should really dictate how you, the rest of your team play. Unless you have an elite, 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 elite fullback who is definitely, you know, if you, if you signed, 
Danny Alves from ten years ago. I think that's a that's a signing that you could go sort of fair enough. We'll 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 function the team around him and, and use others. Mm-hmm. But I think in the situation we're in, considering our inability to to sort of press slightly further up the pitch, which I think a, a fullback could help us with, considering our deficiencies last season, I do think probably the midfield should be the the first priority. Um, and it will tell us a lot about where Arteta is, where he's at, what what he wants to do with the team. He's mentioned a four three three in the Spanish press before. I still think he's probably going to try and move towards that, but that can look different. That can be four through three with two with a, with a double pivot and a ten. That can be a four through three with a single pivot. That can be a four through three with a flat, flat whatever you know. People on the on the diagonal, like you know, you you can't necessarily. You, we don't know, <laughs> but I do think uh, in terms of the fullback position, Chambers feels to me as though someone who, who we can sort of go well for now. He's someone that that works and does fulfil the function of what Arteta is asking from his fullbacks in this system at the moment fairly well. And I actually think Cedric, technically, like in, I, I've always admired him in tight spaces. I think he's actually quite good in tight spaces. Don't think he's good particularly across distances. Don't think his passing is particularly good. I don't think he's particularly switched on. But I do think uh, potentially against weaker teams maybe who might sort of dominate at the back a bit more I think Cedric's a, a, an okay option as well so I you know I I, I don't want to be sort of reductive and, and reduce players down to good or you know good or bad or whatever I think you know we have to be careful about going this player is is the this the guy and he's going to fix our team different different players for different systems um, and I think Chambers could could be that for us Vibe Thanks, Brad. Uh, just covering a few rumours then. Rumours. Let's bish, bash, bosh it. Uh, <laughs> you're knackered, mate. Uh, I'm fucking shattered, <laughs> fella. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, James Madison. Yes. James Madison. There's been some reports of a sort of uh, 60 million pound, 60, 70 million pound bid. Uh, there's been further talks today about Erdogan potentially coming back um, on loan with an option or whatever you want to believe, or, the, you know, maybe that Erdogan wants to come back, whatever. If you had a magic wand and you could choose one of Madison or Erdogan, which should you go for? Oh god! Brad just wants a cup of tea and go go to bed. <laughs> I don't think I've got the brain power to process this question. Um, ah, uh, look, they both solve very different problems. Like Madison solves the goals from midfield. I feel like Erdegaard also solves. You know, he's he's more um, versatile. You know, being able to play in two eight rather than just purely at ten. The one thing that would worry me about Erdegaard is his struggles at playing with a left-footed right winger. And obviously our two right wingers are both left-footed. Mm, good point. Um, so, Should we come I, back to <laughs> I don't, the, I, I, this is, it's my personal preference, but I think I'd go Erdegaard because I'm not a big fan of the Madison move. Oh, why? I, I think he can he he's had a lot of injuries he can be a little bit inconsistent at points and while he would add kind of eight or so kind of goals we need somebody in that space with an ability to really unlock low sitting blocks and I don't know if Madison can do that especially when you consider the way that Leicester play that Leicester play on the counter most of the time rather than dominating and being more intricate with the ball if Erdegaard was right-footed and could play better with a left-footed right winger I think it would be a no-brainer but I mean I think either I think anyway I'd probably go Erdegaard but I don't think either of them would be my first choice for a creative midfielder or a 10. Yeah you kind of want James Erdegaard or Martin Madison, don't you? I I I see what you mean. I, you I, you basically want Erdegaard to score just a, an extra couple of goals a season, and I think that's something that he can add to his locker. What I think is really difficult will be completely retraining a player to play a different style of football. Mm, mm. And yeah. he's already had six months, so 
Yeah, yeah, and then, and there's a certain element of the sort of cultural thing that supposedly, you know, you see Madison on the Boohoo adverts, and I think there's a sort of certain element of uh, I don't want to bash players for having interests outside of football, but I do, I do think from my perception of Madison, I do think there's a certain level of he enjoys the lifestyle. Um, perhaps him and him and Abamyang would have a lot to to talk about, and Erdogan gives me a real sort of student of the game vibe perhaps that's just an outside perspective i don't know that but you know that's my just me sort of my perspective a bit i think from what we know about erdegaard again would be another captain of his country i think what he would bring in terms of leadership he would bring in terms of having a i think a bit more of a point to prove than madison i do like the sort of the the prospect in terms of we're talking about the personnel of erdegaard on the pitch um I really want a set piece specialist. So Madison really catches my eye and I and I'm and I'm always like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to watch him banging them in? But we've seen Pepe improving, I think, on set pieces. We've seen Party taking a few of them. I think Erdegaard's not bad at them. There's not that many situations. I think you can find that elsewhere. I really yeah. I think if the one reason you're picking Madison over Erdegaard is set pieces you can find that at other positions that like that you know one thing that i think if we lose Xhaka, i think would be really important is to have somebody who can play in central midfield with a left foot so either erdegaard dropping into an eight or buying a cooper miners from alkmaar i think he's at alkmaar in the dutch league um or uh michael marino from real sociedad um like you need that option and if you could find that option who with as somebody who can already take free kicks i think you can find that elsewhere i think one thing that we have to consider with this number 10 is that we can add goals into saka's game because of the positions he'll get into we can add goals into pepe's game more and more into martinelli's into abamyang's into a lot of other people's games right but the one thing that we really need is a number 10 who is used to and is good at breaking down low sitting blocks because Arteta has already shown he wants to dominate the ball no matter what. And we need somebody in, we we really struggled in the first half of the season, not having someone that can do that. And I think that Madison, whilst I think he's a phenomenal footballer, doesn't yet know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I take your point about like, the style of play as well. The only the thing that comes to mind with, with Erdegaard is, do you remember that game? I think it was Palace away where he knocks it to the far post and Martinelli gets it in. Oh, phenomenal ball! Having him and Ben White would be a real prospect for 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 those kind of diagonal balls. I think yeah. someone like an Abamyang, someone like a Martinelli, if you're playing out on that left hand side or even on that right hand side, I think you're gonna you're gonna feel that supply chain much much more. I like Madison. I think he's got a bit of a sort of mercurial quality about him, which is, I think, always kind of exciting to fans. I think from a footballing perspective, I do think Erdegaard probably offers you more. And I don't really get the slander for Erdegaard. I actually think, I think he's a very, 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 very talented football player who offers a lot. And I think in that right half space, receiving the ball, creating those combinations, I think he was fantastic last season. I think, also, he does provide you with a lot of options. And as we're sort of working out why, what our identity is, perhaps switching be- between two, three, five formations and games to slightly, you know, three, four, threes or whatever it is, I think mm. Erdogan could provide you a little bit more posi- positional variety. Uh, the Versatility. Madison. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think whenever I've seen Madison, and I'll admit I've not watched loads of him, he really sits in that pocket. He's he's pretty he's pretty um, he's pretty keen to stay in the centre of the pitch. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, there's something about Erdegaard that I I get a good feeling about. And that's not good analysis, but it is a good feeling. So maybe we should go with it. Uh, speaking of good feelings, I'm just trying to link this all together, but it's not working. Uh, Abraham, Tammy Abraham, has been linked with a £40 million move to Arsenal, uh, potentially on loan. Again, I feel like in every single uh, link now, it's like this. Uh, player wants to move to Arsenal. Uh, could be a loan deal. Could be a loan with obligation to buy. Could be a loan with option to buy. Could be a two-year loan deal with a buyback clause, and could be uh, it could not happen. 
Uh, thanks for reading the article. Uh, so I feel like Abraham's <laughs> one of those. Uh, I do like the look of him and sound of him. No, I think this this is it's a silly move. I really do. I, I said this earlier. I'm just going to say it now. Uh, it's it's probably for me right-ish kind of player, wrong age. We've got Balogun in the wings. We've got Martinelli training as a centre forward and buying a 23, 24-year-old whilst a very good striker to come in, it's going to block their pathway. And I know we talk a lot about pathways and like what could that mean and blah, 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 blah. But the, the, the type of striker we need to be buying is somebody, if we're buying one this season, anywhere between kind of 25 and 27 who will hold the reins, be the main guy from kind of next year onwards and allow Balogun and Martinelli to flourish either with Martinelli on that left-hand side or in the middle and Balogun through the middle. I just don't think that a, we have an aging out striker, right? Aubameyang in a season will probably be done realistically. Do you think that Tammy Abraham is good enough to fully lead the line? I don't. Can I can I make the case for loan with option? Because I actually think that's, that might be smart business for a number of as reasons. As long as we don't excise the option, yeah. Well, I I think the reason you'd take him with an option is because I think there's a there's a real option that he ends up being the right guy. If you look at sort of strike forces from the last, let's say, five years. Spurs, City, Liverpool, um, who else have been up there? Chelsea have changed Not recently. Really. There's been a sort of uh, a, a real identity amongst those three teams with how with how they attack. And I've been slightly jealous of that. And I think we need to find um, how we attack and what, like who the personnel are and sort of how you, because we, I think we have a lot of probably quite talented individuals who haven't yet gelled as an attack. And I think Tammy Abraham has the potential to be the guy. He's very good at build up. He provides a very different option up front in terms of his aerial prowess. He has a really good shot on him. He takes shots from various different places um, and isn't afraid to. Uh, the reason I'd take him on loan is because I think if you're trying to find that identity, which I think probably Arteta is trying to, and trying to find those guys who are going to to take you through that period, if you're signing a 27-year-old and they're not right and you'd need to see them over a year, maybe even two years, that's a big, probably probably quite a big outlay on, I, cu- I couldn't think of a name right now, on a 26, 27-year-old who you're not going to get that much money on. While we don't have the next gen at that level yet, we have Martinelli, we have Balogun, we have Nketiah who are all sort of vying for that position, but but are all sort of at different levels of, of development, all that sort of stuff. While we're mm-hmm. waiting for them, while we're waiting for Aubameyang and Lacazette to sort of, I suppose, age out and we're looking for the next thing, I think we should and can try people like Tammy Abraham. We should do a bit of experimentation, see what works for us. As we're building this identity and building this team, players like Ben White, we're hoping will be there for a while. Saka, Smith Rowe, um, Lukonga, uh, Gabriel, you know, Tierney. We're looking at these players who hopefully will be part of the genesis of that side. And I think we can sort of stick a different cherry on top every time and potentially see what what each person might do. I think buying Tammy Abraham, when again at forty million pounds, committing that kind of you know uh, committing that to him. I'm not convinced, but I do think a loan deal potentially could be beneficial for all parties. And I think Tammy Abraham has a lot to prove. Yeah, but the thing with the loan deal is, is he's not going to play, is he? Every minute of football. He'll play, he'll play some minutes, but he's not going to play every minute. Well, if he's playing well, he'll play. But again, Aubameyang's likely to start up front over him, especially at the start of the season. And I... Brad's, Brad's buffering. <laughs> he, I, I see what, you, I, 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 I had a really good point and then it zipped out of my head and then it's just fucking in the ether now. So it'll goodbye. come back to you. Good point. It'll come back as I bullshit my way through this next sentence. <laughs> um, 
Just start no, saying look, words. It's what all podcasts. I think. Do. I think. Like I said earlier, and by earlier I mean twelve and a bit hours ago, rather than <laughs> you know an hour ago when we tried to film this again, because uh, we didn't get that far. Um, he is for me probably kind of maybe the right player, just at the wrong time and the wrong age. I and it's the wrong price. Forty million pounds is exorbitant for a guy who you know scored six Premier League goals in twenty-two appearances. And the issue is, is if, if we've seen so many players have one good season, fucking Michu, I was the second coming of literal Jesus during that season with Swansea, and I I do just worry that committing a lot of money to a player that isn't starting for the people that you want to be is a bit silly. Well, that's what I'm and saying. Take him on Chelsea, loan. Then. Wait, but okay. Yeah. But even if, again, this is what I mean by like, like Joe Willock, for example, I'm gagging us to, for us to sell Joe Willock, right? Because I do not think he is anywhere near as good as his six month loan spell showed he can be anywhere near it. You know, he massively outperformed his XG and you have 60 appearances for Arsenal that show you the type of player that you're actually getting versus the six good games that he had, right? Um, seven. Another ex- seven, seven, sorry. Another good example of that is Lingard. Same thing, just different club, right? I wouldn't want us to take him on loan, him have a great season, us commit £40 million to him and then end up with a player who isn't exactly what we need and we need somebody who is going to take the mantle next season and whilst I think that Tammy would probably want to do that obviously he's leaving in search of first team football he is still young he is still relatively unproven I'm trying to think of like what his What's his best return in a league season? I don't know. Shall I look it up? Yeah. Let's have a look. Premier League. Uh, 15 goals. 15 goals. Which for a team that has no goals really coming from midfield at the moment, especially isn't enough. We need a goal scorer and a prime goal scorer. He did get 25 goals at Villa, which is, you know, I mean, I appreciate in the championship. Yeah, but that's, it's not bad. I don't think it's, uh, listen, again, I, I don't think it's the wrong, I think it's the right player, wrong age profile, wrong time. I really do. I, I just think that if he was 25 turning 26, I'd be like, fair enough. But do we want him to come in and mature and maybe it's him and Balogun? Maybe. Uh, I'm really unsure with this one. I don't think it's a, the the greatest idea. I also don't think it's the worst idea. I think it'd be stupid to, to, to put an obligation in there, especially yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, and I think that there are, there are, you know, if we're looking at, there are so many options out there on the market at the moment. And for me, you know, we're talking about loaning to buy Tammy Abraham for... 40 million pounds, right? And he scored six goals in 2,200 minutes. Oh, no, in 22 games in the league uh, last season, right? Andre Silva has just moved from Eintracht Frankfurt to RB Leipzig for only 20 million pounds, which is nothing... And he, last season... <laughs> it's good stalling this. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just getting the stats up. Get the fucking... Get your, give me the fucking stats, you bastard. Fucking... I know. I, of course, yes. I want the overall balance. No, just give me the... F- <laughs> 2021. This is great, listeners. I wish you could see this. He scored 28 goals in 32 games. And yeah, that's got pretty good. eight assists. He got eight assists as well. So you're talking about 36 goal contributions in the Bundesliga, which obviously, yes, is a less difficult league in 32 games. The di- and he went for 20 million pounds and he's 25. 
That is the type of signing that we should have been making. Andre Silva for £20 million. It's not a big commitment. You get in there, you get in there quick. He spends a season playing second fiddle. Aubameyang leaves. He spends the next few seasons trying out being our first team striker. If it doesn't work, hopefully by then Pepe scoring more, Martinelli scoring more. It doesn't matter as much. And then hopefully we blood some youngsters and we get someone else in through. Or we just buy somebody else when we're in a position to commit big wages to a striker again. It's... That's the move we should be making, not 40 million. Because it, it, again, it's like the whole Varane deal and wages. Everyone's clowning Arsenal like, oh yeah, look, Man United get Varane 40 million, Arsenal get right 50. Varane is going to be on something near 400,000 euros a week. Ben White is on a reported 100k a week. He's earning four times the amount. He's on a five-year contract and the price is the same. It's rising to £50 million, I believe, with add-ons for United, depending on, I think, his performance-based add-ons. But you're, you're, you're talking about £160 million worth of outlay over the course of the contract versus £75, £80 million worth of outlay. Like, please stop being stupid. And I think it's this again, we're committing far too much money on somebody when there is better options for cheaper that kind of suit what we need to do and be a little bit more. Yeah, I think sometimes when names come out, we can we can tend to, and I, and I, I definitely do this, sort of go, oh yeah, he'd fix a problem. Yeah, let's get him in because we have so many problems. Like we have so many squad, squad, oh, God, yeah. squad balance issues and therefore pretty much anyone who's got a bit of a different skill set looks pretty, pretty encouraging. I, I do think you're right. There's probably better deals to be had out there. I still stand by the fact that I think on loan, it's, it's probably quite a good thing to do. Um, on loan for this season, yeah, especially if Lacazette and Enketia leave. Yeah, yeah, of course, I, it could be a sort of deadline day thing. I don't know, but um, yeah, and 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 the thing is, it, it's sort of a win-win because we either have someone who can kind of be a different option off the bench. He'll get you know at worst a couple of goals, you know, in and hopefully some you know sort of cup matches or whatever if we have any cup matches. Um, but you know, he'll be off the bench and he'll be fine for a year. Or he explodes and we have a player there, and hopefully if we get an option to buy, who is homegrown and 24 and, you know, has, has just had a great season for us. So I, I think there is definitely an opportunity for us to to really um, benefit from this. I also see a kind of um, backlash against it, which is essentially don't don't take Tammy Abraham off their hands because then they'll get Haaland guys, we've got our own problems. We've got to just, we've got to accept what our level is at the moment and just, um, and just go for it. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, especially when the deal isn't, isn't something that is like the best deal for Arsenal. Well, we're not going to get Haaland. As in we no, no, but it's not about whether we get Haaland. It's about, are we going to give them 40 million pounds for basically their already second striker who we don't know if is going to be good enough for us so that they can go out and get the best young prospect in the world right now and that's why we don't give them 40 million this summer because i think an, a, a an option to buy option an early yeah, option can, i, I also i don't think i don't think it can be 40 million i think that for the deal to be worth arsenal's time it has to be a loan for next season with an option to buy for between 25 and 30 million pounds all right i do you hear that so that's what i'll settle for if not i'm coming to your house <laughs> Brad, it's been a pleasure. If you make me talk about Ramsdale, I'm going to fly through this camera (laughs) and headbutt you. We had a big, like, five, ten-minute conversation about Ramsdale and about how fuming I am that we seem to be bundling the Onana move. Okay, well, I I want to let you you get to bed. So, uh, (laughs) Brad, we've just got time before you fall asleep for Arsenal Trivia. You didn't hear this earlier, remember. Uh, In the what season, Arsenal celebrated their 125th anniversary. In what season did Arsenal celebrate their 125th anniversary, Bradley? It was 2011-2012. I'm six for six, boys. Uh, And the question for (laughs) next... I won't comment on uh, that. Uh, And for next week, the question is... Between 15th of September 1994 and the 23rd of November 1994, uh, there was 16 goals in 12 appearances for someone and there were consecutive appearances. 
who was that player? It's the most consecutive appearances scored uh, in between fifteenth uh, of September nineteen ninety four and the twenty third of November nineteen ninety four uh, by someone, and you have to tell me who that is. That's your question. <sighs> night night, Brad. <laughs> Good night, Hansel. <laughs> sleep well. I'm literally getting into bed and going to sleep. I can see that. Like, this is. Yeah, this isn't a joke. I'm going to bed right now. Bless you. I mean, this is all to get rid of these flatmates, and then and then when they're gone, oh, it'll be plain sailing. The sun, the sun will be shining. The birds will be singing. The summer will Bradley be over. We'll be happy again. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure. As sleepy as you are, it really has. It re- it, uh, it's been sensational, mate. I'm praying that we don't press re- press stop record now, and you tell me. That you're Wait, recording. Let's, let's let's do this with the listeners. Oh, this is the God. moment of truth. Alex, we're in the clear. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> All right, right. yeah, I need to get this fucking edited. So let's <laughs> let's, let's get off this bloody FaceTime call. Right. Hell. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening always. to us ramble about football as always. Uh, new podcast coming Sunday after the Chelsea game. Yeah. and uh, we'll see you then thanks so much for listening keep it different knock and we'll see you later peace thank you so much for listening to the different knock podcast please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using if you'd like to support the show you can find us on patreon and buymeacoffee.com find us on twitter at diff and visit our website thedifferentknock.com thanks Podcast Network.